Hi, I'm Natasha. And I'm Penny. And you're listening to The Wibs, the podcast for women in business. We're here with practical, real advice to help you get ahead at work. Without the BS. We'll be the work wives you've always wanted. Let's go. Hi, I'm Natasha. And I'm Penny. And on today's podcast, we have the fantastic Amanda Henderson. So who is Amanda? She is the founder of Gloss Creative. It's a trailblazing venture that she established in 2001 after successful stints as a national VM manager for Country Road and Sports Girl. She is all about creativity and how to build a vision and bring it to life for brands. Welcome to the podcast, Amanda. But we're so excited to have you here today. I am welcome. so excited to be here, obviously in the same studio that I we know. do our podcast. So I feel like we're kind of sisters in this. It's great. It's right. Thanks podcast for having sisters. me. That's okay. A bit of background. So we are, we have met through a mutual uh, studio essentially. And that's how we've met. We, we actually, when we first started here, um, Gloss Creative was one of the first podcasts that we saw. And that's what one of the ones that we got sent through. So um, it was our inspiration for jumping into the studio it was like oh wow that's awesome yeah <laughs> it looks so professional it seems like exactly the type it's of content to put out there it yeah. is it was incredible so yeah. thank you so much for joining us oh no it's my pleasure i i'm i adore what you're doing in terms of talking about you know women in business it's it's something that i'm excited about and i think it's such a great share for everyone to, I'm so into sharing information and I think what you're doing is amazing. So thanks Thank so much. Thank you. I love the mutual love affair that we're having here. <laughs> and for the listener, it's uh, we had a little debrief pre-podcast today. And literally, I feel like we should have just pressed record from the start. <laughs> I know, and just shared that. Essentially, you're about to hear the debrief of the debrief. Yeah. So <laughs> you're all part of it now, <laughs> literally. So tell us, Amanda. We want to do, well, we kind of do every now and again, a little icebreaker conversation. So we want to know, if you could describe yourself as a cocktail, what would you be? Ooh. Um, <laughs> oh, this is hard. Maybe, yeah, maybe I'm not a cocktail. Ooh. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I'm Different. a glass of Perrier Jouet. Ooh. French champagne. I love yeah. you. Are. Okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Different. You know, yeah. bubbles. Yeah. Classy. Classy. Yeah. Yeah. French. Yeah. French. French. Yeah. French. <laughs> no. <laughs> inspired. But I, yeah. Inspired by. <laughs> we actually we have a thing in our studio. It's one of the guiding principles we have when we're talking and getting carried away with trend or color or anything. We turn to each other and we say. What would the French do? I love that. <laughs> no, fair. It's a guiding principle for trend. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And for eating. Yeah. So they can add and more for eating and drinking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They yeah. just know how to live. Absolutely. They have champagne all day. Yeah, I, I, I definitely subscribe to the French <laughs> yeah. lifestyle. Definitely. I want to yeah. change my answer. Now I want to be. I want to be a French champagne. <laughs> yeah, you I can. can. I know, but we I all can. I submitted a, a terrible answer. That I didn't. I didn't. What was go, yours again? Oh, some random gin drink that I was <laughs> obsessing right. over at the it's, time. It's always developing. You can always develop yeah. your character. I'm going to redraw and I'm going to resubmit as French champagne. Mm, but no, that's a good one. I like that. That's a good answer. You can always tell a person by their answer. <laughs> Absolutely. Can you give us, now that we kind of understand the style of character and cocktail that you are, or not so much cocktail, but can you give us a bit of background about who you are, who is the Gloss Creative, a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, I guess... I, I grew up in South Australia. We're starting way back now. Yeah, <laughs> I'll speed this up. Beginning. Don't worry. Yeah, um, grew up in South Australia at a really incredible time. Um, I 
yeah, was lucky enough. I had three brothers, parents, and we just sort of rambled around in this big old house, um, you know, in the sun, playing outdoors. But my brothers, they'd always to be doing their own thing. And I was always, I was there with my mum, of course, you know, having fun with her. She was really into fashion and style. Um, Dad was working, you know, at the hospital or whatever. And um, I'd often find that I was on my own, uh, you know, when I was at home. Obviously at school I had all my friends and all of that. But at home I'd often find myself just there and I was like, mum was busy in the kitchen, what am I going to do? So... One of the things that I did early on was just started to make stuff, do stuff. If I was bored, I'd, you know, I'd stick shells on cards and draw flowers around them and all that stuff, play Lego um, and just generally hang around. And as I grew up at school, I wasn't really wrapped about so much learning and I was pretty slow off the pace. Like everything about me slow. I know. I've managed to do really quick <laughs> I things, like but I'm zen. No, I'm I'm kind of you're slow. very calming. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like calming. I'm, I, people often say, "Oh, you're so calm," and then it's going crazy That's around. That's awesome. It. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but yeah. So I at school, I wasn't really um, wrapped about you know the English and uh, all of that. And I started very early on to take an interest in art and crafty things and I loved music. And through my school years, I almost ignored work and made my fun out of all of the extracurricular stuff. I mean, now, you know, there wasn't drama subjects when I did it because, you know, they're just, it wasn't a thing. But now it obviously is. So... I loved the arts and at the time there wasn't a lot. There was no, you know, media communications. There was no graphic design. There was only like painting and that sort of thing. Um, but I sort of made my fun from all the get, being in the choir, being in the drama club, hanging out yeah. in the art room, all of that sort of thing. So somehow through those years um, I constructed the things that I loved you know, and just sort of minimise the things that I didn't, you know, yeah. wasn't interested in basically. And so, paved your way. It's like you knew yeah. that you wanted something but there wasn't a path for you so you kind of created one. Yeah. Even that's then awesome. I was doing my own thing just yeah. because that's who I was, you know. So when I left um, school I was like, okay, here's the uni list of subjects and I was like, ooh, that's, <laughs> that's not, there's nothing there. That I'm adoring. So got to uni, looked at the subject list, not inspiring for me, mm -hmm. did drama and economics, kind of like those two, which I did economics, you know, in VCE equivalent. And I was like, that's cool. I kind of like that. And I did art and I love that. And I did theatre at school. So I went, okay, I'll do drama and economics. So went to uni, did that, got the end and had a great time, obviously. Yeah, got, got to the end of the first year and I was like, second year subjects nothing there got to get out of here so um in my spare time I had worked at sports girl literally in the suburban store in the fitting rooms giving out the discs doing all of that and in those yeah. days they didn't have VM teams so they'd just put the 
junior casual, oh, you, we need, we've got the lisp that the window has to change to, can you do that? So I'm like, sure, <laughs> this is a step up from the fitting rooms. So I just literally started doing that and I was like, this is actually really good fun. I can do this. And then one day I was walking through the main sports girl and the general manager came over and said, look, we've got a vacancy in the VM team. Would you like to do that? And I was like, sure, I'll, I'll come and do That's this. That's amazing. Yeah. And then within 18 months, I had been offered a role managing the VM team in Sydney, which wow. I adored. And the VM um, manager of nationally at the time at sports school was an amazing Swiss guy called Ernst Joost. He was a genius and I adored him. You know, when someone you just at work, you just click with and you just want to be the work wife, mm. you know, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And you're you like, just spend just all incredible. your time creating, laughing, just having the best time. So eventually I came down to Melbourne, which was amazing. And then, you know, it just progressed. I became VM manager for, uh, for Sports Girl. And then I went to Country Road and had creative development roles there, which was amazing. And so I spent, um, you know, 15 years at Sports School and then six years at Country Road. And then um, I was retrenched. So that was the big wake-up call. Yeah. Um, I can imagine. After I mean, it's 20 years in that field and to have that yeah. feeling, you know, you're at the, I guess, the top of your game yeah. then and at the height of your career. Yeah, it was strange. But... It was really interesting um, towards the end of my time at Country Road. I had started to work in larger space and I really enjoyed it. We used to do press showings where we'd have, you know, lunches and mini salon shows. And I was just like, I get this. This is amazing. This is what I want to do. So that literally happened about six months before I left. So when I was retrenched, you know, I was a little sad for a day, but... I'd found what I wanted to do. So my husband and I, on the day I got retrenched, I rang him and I said, I've had a phone call. Um, I'm pretty sure this is my time to go. Can you book a table for lunch at the Studley Park Boathouse? <laughs> I love this. <laughs> I love, I love, I love how you're approaching this. This is excellent. Yeah. So, and he was like, now remember, don't say anything negative. Go and shake everyone's hands. Tell them what a great time you've had. Really good advice. And I did that. We went to lunch. We got the champagne out. Yes, I <laughs> should. And, um, and I just said, I'm going to start my own thing. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. The fact that you took something that could be perceived as negative mm-hmm. and you were like, no, nah, we're going for lunch, we're getting the champagne. This is day one. Yeah. This isn't day, you know, this isn't the end. This is day one. This is the beginning of something That's awesome. new. And I must have been ready for it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? That's and, incredible. And honestly, I think, you know, as you go through work and obviously life as well, there's no reason to go on the negative. It gets you nowhere. Mm-hmm. Go on the positive. Um, I think half that's, full. Glass half yeah, full. Yeah. Always, half always, yeah. always. It, even if bad stuff happens, you know, and you've got a good attitude to it. You can twist it your way. You, you can make it into a positive. Yeah. Absolutely. So then I started Gloss Creative. And tell us about Gloss Creative. So how did, how is Gloss Creative like the child of all of your experience? Yeah. You've got all of this different experience in VM yeah. and merchandising and yeah. these incredible retail, huge retail businesses. Yeah. Um, how did they come to create Gloss Creative? Yeah. So 
When I think about our niche, and often, you know, it's only in the rear mirror that you can see. So, you know, we've been going for 22 years. So it's kind of only now that I can look back and go, oh, that, I label it. That's what that was. (laughs) So I guess the opportunity in Gloss was at the time when creativity began to be outsourced. Up until I left around, you know, early 90s, sorry, up until I left at the end of the 90s, creative teams were in-house. There was never a cool freelancer coming in and pumping up the team and working, you know, as a micro business next to a big business. There was none of that. So I guess to describe what I did was I saw how what I did in retail could be applied to other industries that hadn't had it. Because at that time, all of a sudden, the experience economy was a thing. You know, people had had great campaigns, they had beautiful catalogues and all of that. But all of a sudden, people were like, well, what does a champagne brand, what is a bank, you know, what is a car company, what does a fashion brand look like when it's in 3D? When people have to experience a brand in, you know, in the, ra- in the round, in the real, what is that? And fortunately, because VM people, visual merchandisers, know how to bring these crazy 3D creative threads together. That's true. I was in a position to go, I can show you what that looks like. I agree. I I honestly, I remember when I I worked um, in retail, I worked at Chic, and our VM, her ability to take, to just position clothes in a way that was artistic and creative and was able to create a flow of the colours and from the moment someone walked in from the new arrivals to the end, I would watch her in absolute awe mm. taking out these plastic bags of clothes because that's what they come in. Like there's no prettiness to it. No, no. She didn't have a structure. She didn't have a this is what it needs to look at because at that point Chic wasn't probably as big as what it is now and it was quite small. So it was kind of like you've got to take these clothes and make it look like something and I would just see – I'd be so excited when she'd come in because I'm like magic's about to happen because yeah. you just see, you know, it just – the whole area transform and it was beautiful. I think VM mm. is one of the most – I could never do it because you don't. You have to have a certain brain yeah. and a, a certain ability to visualize and and bring that creativity. But I have just so much respect for people that can because I just think it's an incredible role. It's such a useful role, absolutely. And as it turns out, um, people now will purchase creativity. Mm-hmm. The value is seen in creative process now, which. Maybe in the past it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and interesting what you're saying there yeah. about that. I feel like we, like in our generation, we had never known really a world that wasn't experiential. Like so mm. much of what we yeah. did was, you know, this exhibition or that PR release or and you're seeing it all play out through social media. Mm. So to be in like the precipice of that starting and for yeah. you to be able to set up your business in that time, it would have just been amazing. Yeah, and we've sort of ridden that wave. And yeah. in certain parts we've sort of created that wave like we put out up 75 marquees out at the birdcage at flemington and that's That's where we started yeah it was a long time (laughs) Um, that's awesome yeah we would design them build them and we still do you know incredible it's amazing to bring together what people see feel eat you know, ha- the the emotion, and I guess this is one of the things that we've been able to do is ex- 
encapsulate some essence of each personality of the brand. Yes. And when I think of what we do, to actually to come back to answer your question, we always say that we are the sledgehammer of visual impact in a way. So we're the people that'll get you in the, once you walk in the door, we'll be slamming you in the face with velvet, of course, <laughs> slamming <laughs> yeah, you in the face way, with yeah. a vibe, yeah. um, a, a visual vibe, but also, you know, the warmth or the craziness or whatever it is that we're doing. The other thing is that we always say everything we do is temporary. Some of the things we do last 20 minutes. Mm. Yeah. Some of the things we do last one night, four days, but it's never longer than that. Mm. So it's this strange thing we do where people will come up to me three years, five years, ten years later and go, I remember I was at that show, that runway you did, and there was this, you know, this beautiful rope thing or there was I remember this or I remember sitting down at the gala of, that what was on the plate and my calligraphy and everything we ate that night. And I'm like, wow, that was four or five years ago and you can remember it. That's incredible. Man, I, <laughs> I have done my job. My work here is done. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. somehow through this temporary ephemeral um, creative process, we've been able to create memories for people that they can hold on to and have. So we often work in times of when people are celebrating, when there's a celebration and we're there, you know, making that celebration happen. And the other part of I think what we've done is everything that we've come up with, every idea we've actually had to deliver. Yeah. <laughs> um, so That's a great point. That's in great. the real world. Yep. So I think at the time when we started, there were a lot of advertising agencies going, you can do this, but they couldn't do it, whereas mm. we were able to deliver what we promised. So I think that was a key like business strategy for us. And the way we built our business was just this repeat, repeat. Mm. And, you know, the event industry in Melbourne has been so strong. So, you know, there's fashion festival every year there's the grand prix the tennis the mm. racing there's all of this stuff so i was able to build projects across the year at different events and in different industries so we didn't just get you know we didn't just do fashion like dj's or whatever we also did events so, you know, when you start out your business plan, when you start out there's, oh, we've got this and this and then there's actually March to August with nothing. Yeah. You know, so we were able to build our business as well, you know, across industry, which was interesting. And the other thing that I think we've done is solved business challenges or problems with um, design and creativity. Mm. Yeah. And Which there I are, love. And there are so many challenges that businesses do face around that design element because you can have a, a concept in mind or a brand identity in mind, but you may not be able to visualise how that kind Absolutely. of takes form. And that's where someone like you and your team would come in to be able to kind of bring and breathe life into that vision. Yeah, definitely. And um, I noticed on your last podcast when you were talking about entrepreneurship and that you were talking about ideas generation. And I think... Part of what we've been able to do is, you know, from marketing managers say, they're really busy people. Absolutely. They're crazy doing what they're yep, doing. There's a are. lot of demands on you. 
you know, got to get this done, got to get this done. Oh, and by the way, can you be a genius and come up with a genius <laughs> idea? Yeah. And it's like, well, okay, sure. So we often act as the advanced party, yeah. if you yeah. like, you know. So we can really see that we can help marketing managers. Um, we can, they, you know, they'll come, they say, we've got a budget, we've got a thing we have to sell or do or launch or whatever. And we take a brief and then we just like come back with as many fabulous ideas and then we collaborate. Um, we see our clients definitely as collaborators. Um, we don't feel like we're selling anything mm, because yeah. we, we really concentrate on talking about what it is we're doing and what we're creating together. Absolutely. And I think one mm. thing that you touched on which is really important is that um, the ideas creation. I think there's a lot of businesses, that, a lot of new businesses, a lot of new ideas. Right now there are so many ways to find ideas and I think a lot of the ideas are duplicated, right? There's a lot of copying content and a lot of copying creativity and what's really rare and unique is the ability to tap into experience in a team like yours that has an idea from scratch versus um, let's go look up, find all these, you know, things and, and replicate what's already been done. It sounds like your creative process is very unique and you guys are able to tap into your years of experience and years of being able to build these amazing experiences to then mm. deliver that to your client, which I think is awesome because finding new ideas is is hard. Yeah, and I think if you – I mean, first takeaway for people listening is if you can – dig from your core if it comes from within you know the little girl doing the shell cards at home if you can keep that inner child going you will have an endless career you know in creativity because every time we get a brief and we love briefs because you know constrained creativity can actually come up with some great results you know you, you haven't agree. got this crazy mm -hmm. You know, sometimes freedom's really yeah, good. Yeah, too broad is too sometimes, broad, too sometimes broad. like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's nice to work within a framework and yeah. make it amazing because sometimes what is required is something more defined or more focused. So that's really interesting and lovely. I really like that. But to do original work, the best original work, I think that comes from the core and I think it comes from a process of research and also brainstorming mm. with with your team about things and just putting ideas forward floating them around capturing them you know where the scribblers the big yeah yep. a2 pages with the mind map where yeah. the mind map kind of goes yeah, yeah, yeah. you know um we actually design in words sometimes more than than drawings words for us can so, yeah really stretch us but i guess the um yeah Original works come from the core. Yeah. So we reference widely. Like I think that's another thing is if you reference across, for us it's theatre, ballet, food, um, yeah, sculpture, architecture, yeah. all of those things are a spark for us. Yeah. So we have this sort of process where we look at other things and then we look at it how in the context of the brief, but also in context to what are we like? Yeah. It's always yeah, yeah, when yeah, you, yeah. That's you know, fair. That's one of the best things I've ever heard is like, please yourself. Yeah. And I think I come back to my core and that is the way that you can 
you can see all that amazing stuff out there. My God, when I scroll, I get design jealousy easily. You know, Absolutely. when you look, and I'm sure you've had that with other things like, oh my Big God. Time. <gasps> Big time. Like, why didn't I think of Keeps that? Keeps going. <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't stop. Yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, why didn't I think of that? Absolutely. But then when it comes back, it's like, okay, you know, let's just create what we're creating, concentrate on what we love, do what we think's right. And if you follow that, you can't go wrong. Yeah. And yeah. if you, yeah, you You're just right. can't go right. It's like, you know, when you hear like Olympic swimmers saying, I don't worry about the other people in the lanes, I just do my thing. Yeah, yeah you're dialed in. Yeah, that's what Focused we do. We well. do. Yeah. And I remember when we started designing runways, there was, you know, in the, Mid 2000s, there was the whole store wars between Maya and DJs. Uh, I do remember this. Yeah. yeah, and we did all the we did twenty seasons in Maya with their runways, wow. and people used to say to me, "Oh my God, did you see what DJs, you know, did? Or are you gonna see what they do and change it?" I'm like, "No, I didn't look, and no, I'm not changing anything. You know, yeah. it's you just you stay in your lane and be confident yeah. with what you've done. Yeah." Don't just that's all flotsam and jetsam. Just do what you want to do. Yeah. I think no, it, and it's because yeah. it's the reason that you're doing it. There's yeah. a reason why yeah. you've got a business. There's a reason why you've mm. been so successful within your business. It's because mm. you've continued to just stick to what you stick in your life, stay yeah. in your lane, yeah. and and work in your realm of genius. You mm. don't n- need to do the other stuff. Or if they've done that, amazing. Yeah. You kind of stick to what you're good yeah. at. Yeah, and it doesn't mean I've got. Uh, one quote that I just am obsessed with, which is the George Jensen quote. Um, he was the guy who made all that beautiful Danish silver jewellery, just timeless. And he used to have a little sign in his workshop which said, um, don't follow fashion, but be guided by the present if you want to stay young in the struggle. And that's kind of been my motto. I so. Like that. You do need to look and research and reference now. Yes. But then bring that in and go, is that for me? I mean, that's for anything. It's not just creativity. It's, you know, creating any type of business at all. It's like, do we want to do that? Yeah. Yeah. Ask the question. You may or you may not. You, You might go, oh, my God. That is so us. We better do that and own that real fast, you know, because if you don't, someone else is going to own it. Absolutely. You know, so by repetition, you can bring it back to you a bit, you know. I mean, it's great life advice. And I think speaking of things that you love and focusing on what you enjoy, have you had a particular brief or project that you've worked on that has just blown you away? Like you think about it now, you're like, oh, yeah, we do have a favorite and it's the NGV Gala. Wow. Yeah. Oh, it, that's wow. <laughs> that's, yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that little guy. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. That one. Um, and that was such a joy to work with NGV, uh, you know, a, a team of people who are all about art and creativity, who always make the creative decision. It's a joy. And it's, it's such a privilege to think that we're not artists as such. But somehow our work is in the NGV year after year. It's kind of strange it's awesome. and yeah. who'd have thought. Yeah, it's yeah, really yeah. interesting it's though really that you don't think of yourself as an artist because I feel like it, it, it has mm. to be. Like the way that you're mm. able to kind of transform space because that's what it is essentially. True. Yeah, yeah. I guess I think of myself as a designer or a creative director mm. Yeah. Um, in the first instance. 
I don't know. I, I don't know that. Or you can s- add it to your titles. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I do. When, when people ask me, I often say I'm a sonographer or a set designer because I think yeah, that's, a good that's kind of yeah. a good description as well. But I'm used to having to explain what I do all the time. Yeah. yeah. And it, I'm sure you do creative, as, what you do too. Yeah. I, it, when so, you, when yeah. I think any creative, like we both studied Bachelor of Arts. And I remember when I when I got the degree, it's like, oh, what is that? And it's a fair question yeah. because what is a Bachelor of Arts? What is what is to study art? What is that? Because when you think of that, you think of paintbrush and easel. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's a very different creative it's thing to what we all and we all are in creative spaces, but they're all very different and they all mm-hmm. play play together. But what you touched on earlier about, um, you know, you spent spent many years as an employee, then now you're spending many years mm-hmm. as an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Can you talk us through that and the, the difference between the two? Yeah, it's really interesting and it's not something that I designed or thought about. It just literally happened. So I really enjoyed being an employee earlier in my life because it gave me a structure and really amazing learnings. And I was able to take my career really slowly. As I said, I'm slow with everything. (laughs) You're calm. I'm the turtle. So... um, uh, in my formative years, you know, to work in the Collins Street windows with Ernst Joost and the, some amazing team, we used to do those windows every week. Um, I did them for six years. So Monday you'd wake up, you know, go to work, be at work at 6 at 30 a.m., put in the window. Tuesday morning you'd come back, brainstorm for the new window. Wednesday, Thursday, make the props go out, buy the materials, put it all together. And Friday you dress the mannequins and get it all ready, do the signage and then put it in the next week. And that would be go on and on and on. So I just learnt these really amazing um, techniques that I repeated and repeated and repeated. And some say, you know, sports school in the 80s was kind of like the University of Fashion. (laughs) And it was. It really was. The people who've come from there have done amazing things. But for me, it gave me a breadth of experiences that money couldn't have bought, you know, with the people I worked with and the way the company was at that time. It was incredible. And then I became, uh, you know, went into leadership, which is a whole other, you know, so that's, that's just a whole other career yeah. in yeah, itself it's and people don't thing. really I yeah. like that you, you touched on that because I think as when you move to a leadership position it's kind of like oh but I'm doing what I'm doing but now I'm a leader and yeah. it's just completely different yeah and they and are different like skill sets I really think as oh, well yeah. different totally sides of your brain. totally and it's like how can someone else who's doing what I used to do a creative thing how am I going to make them feel that they can do that job when I walk away, Mm, you know. um, It's a leader. And, yeah, I always wanted people to feel that they felt that I thought they'd do a good job. You know, that's that's the overriding thing for me. So that was interesting. And when I started it, you know, in the corporate world, there were like six stores and when I left there are 136 or something. So all of that, you know, the money management, you know, all of that stuff. I learned there and at Country Road I learned to um, present to a CEO, you know, who was, well, like before I used to design by doing stuff. You know, when you style something up, so you put this here, you put that there, you go, wow, aren't I yeah. great? You yeah. Know? Yeah. And then yeah. all of a sudden someone's going, okay, so here's a really large sum of money. Um, 
what are you going to do with it? And it's like, oh, they can't just tell you. It's like, okay, well, I'll do a mock-up in a window. So all of a sudden that was an amazing change for me in terms of where I designed by doing. All of a sudden I switched to designing by seeing the end first, like having the vision. Mm. What do we, what, at the end of the day, when it's all done, what are we going to be looking at? Mm. What, what are people going to experience? What are they going to see? So in that role, hilariously, even though it was more numbers and figures and people and everything, it actually changed my way of designing. Yeah. So to be able to see the vision and that was the big step up for me that I could see, wow, I can create anything that I can think of. You know, it's yeah. like the Blades of Glory, if you can see it. You, <laughs> yeah, can be, yeah. you, know, you know what I mean? I, was, yeah, I love that movie. Yeah. It's like yeah. for so many reasons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's one of them. Um, and, yeah, so that ch- actually being a leader, that actually changed the way I thought. And then when I came back from maternity leave the first time, I think I was the first person who'd ever come back from maternity leave <laughs> for a like, start. What is this? People yeah. come back to work? You're a woman. Of course Weird. we don't have your job for you. <laughs> so I actually had to be for six or nine months a store manager. Oh, and wow. I was like, oh, this is terrible, you know. But I learned stuff. Yeah. I learned stuff and was taken way out of my comfort zone, way out. I was, you know, when you feel like you're in deep swimming, you've got no idea. You've gone yeah. from something you're like, yep. I know what I'm doing and all of a sudden it's like I'm clueless here. Yeah, yes. I am really like absolutely not waving drowning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're not even yeah. treading water at this point. No, no just no. like fumbling yeah. through. But once again, amazing experience and really happy to have had that. So I guess that, you know, encapsulates sort of the employee experience. And then, as I mentioned, I was retrenched. And started our business. So the freelance experience and the company experience or the entrepreneurial experience, I was really ready for. And it happened very naturally and very easily. Um, When I say easily, uh, the intent was there from day one. Mm. I wanted to create things that I had more control over that were more me mm. in a sense because while you're working with a big organisation, you're very much team-based and it's always about the company, mm. you know. And before social media, it was a bit of a thing in creative worlds that the top dog was the only one who ever got the the kudos or actually the credit, whereas now I feel like creatives, it doesn't matter where you're working, credit is always and should be given. Yes. So I kind of got to that point too where I wanted to get out there and do my thing, yeah. you know, and express myself. And I think that was what really led me to elevating what I wanted to deliver and, you know, beginning to work with luxury brands on a physically bigger scale was all that stuff that I'd done at school and at uni with theatre and all of that just like smashed into each other and yeah. it was like... Boom. You know? Well, you had all the tools of the trade. You'd, you'd yeah. kind of gone into, yes, from uni, but then you, you were on the floor and then you were able to then be a leader. So you kind of yeah. ha- had to learn all the parts of business yeah. and you in your own at your own pace, but it was exceptional that you were able to do all that. So you were very ready when it totally. came to that point where it was like, actually, yeah. I know what I need to do. And what you said about starting from the vision in mind, well, that's yeah. running a business, right? Like you have mm. to, you can't 
play by play by ear. Yeah, um, no, as a business owner, because mm. you've got people's careers that you've, you're you're also you know looking after as well. So you absolutely. can't just kind of be like, oh, I don't know, we'll do yeah. this one day. And <laughs> whilst there's creativity, absolutely, yeah. you need to have that end goal in mind. Yeah, um, totally. And I think having your own business is that beautiful holistic thing of the creative, but also the business working together. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's part of, once again, the experiences that I had, you know, when you've got 250 windows to allocate and, you know, I got one of the guys from the spreadsheet department to make me a formula where, you know, we put all the elements of the windows and all the stores down the side. And every time I've add one, there'd be a dollar value down the bottom going, <laughs> yeah, okay. I love that. Yeah. I'm overspent. Okay. Take one off there, take yeah. one off there, yeah. take one off there, you know, so. Early on, you know, I I was I was good with business. I wasn't great with the actual math. I'm mm. a good estimator, but you know, I didn't spend time on calculators and stuff like to. that. I was creating, but I knew to get. I love nerds. I love people who are good at what yeah, they do. Absolutely, and I'm passionate I about bring it. them into my business from day one on the things I'm not great at. Absolutely. Uh, with no shame or guilt. No. <laughs> no, because you got to, you got to, yeah. your team should fill your gaps or be, they they say that they should always be smarter than you. They should yeah. always be smarter than you because that's yeah. why they're there. They, you don't, you don't totally. want, you don't want to be the person saying you do this. No. You want them to be like, hey, I've got this idea or this is how you could do this better. Otherwise, they're not really your teammates. Yeah. Exactly. And we exactly. talk about it a lot, the idea of being able to stay in your zone of genius. And I think that's mm, a big part of it as well, especially totally. in a creative role. It's like, yeah. you have, your way of thinking and your style of being able to create something beautiful yeah. and if you're in the weeds of you know I'm in the spreadsheets I'm trying to figure out yeah. the how it takes away from what you got started for in the first place yes well, it's quite interesting because yeah. you spoke about like how you studied at uni drama and economics yeah. and it's quite <laughs> funny because throughout everything that you're describing you've always got that um, kind of balance of yeah. both like the not the drama but like the art and the and the spreadsheets and like yeah. you kind of throughout the whole career the business and the art like you've always got yeah, yeah you've always got that that really cool balance even yeah. from you know your uni days yeah. or when you were studying it's really it's cool re it's really interesting and it's you know um I we've had an amazing bookkeeper in our business from almost day well it wasn't day one it was actually an amazing woman Albina Azzalini props to her um we had this amazing signage team and, you know, I'd be out on Fl at Flemington on the scaffold busy and I'd yep. get this call and say, oh, hi, this is, you know, Albina from Wojo and we're here. It's time to pay your bill. And I said, look, I won't be able to pay it till I get back at home. It'll probably be like by the time I put the kids down, you know, it'll probably be 10 o'clock by the time I pay it. And she's like, would you like to pay that on credit card? I'm like, oh, yeah, I've yeah. got that here. <laughs> wait wait a minute. <laughs> and then she'd ring me every month wherever I was and made it easy for me. And yeah. I'm like, wow, Brilliant. I need someone like you in my business. I said, do you do work for others? She goes, yeah, sure. So she became our bookkeeper and we've had worked with her ever I since. I love that. What a story. Yeah. yeah. I love that. And I really like that. the simple act of her coming to work with us every second Monday for 22 years you know, when they talk about the simple things repeated yep. actually work, it's meant that we've played every tax, every GST, yep. every person, every bill, you know, and that's something I'm kind of really proud of as Absolutely. well. You know, so you kind of have this dual thing as a business owner. You can't ignore the business part of everything you as know? creative as it gets. And I love yeah. that you're saying this, especially being such a such a creative, like that is the business, the lost mm. creative, it's all about creative, but you're completely mm. right. You can't lose focus of 
paying people or yeah. um, the invoices or because that's part of your values. You know, you, yeah, you build your business on your values. Yeah. Yeah. And the trust that you build with people yeah. as well. Yeah. And, yeah, I think it, it, it – and I'm still learning. I, like I'm a massive person on let's learn some more now because I think, yeah, that growth is so important. doesn't matter how – where you are in your career – like, you know, even in the last year, I've started on this thing of doing better forecasting. Yeah. You know, like. Well, after COVID, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, like, I think. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I was like, yeah. I'm actually not that great at this. I need help. Fair. So I get coaches. Like, I, I didn't really have a lot of coaching, but I'm mad for it now. I'm so mad for yeah, coaching. It's, it's fabulous. And, you know, I heard you say, like, coaches aren't the education. They're the people that are going to you know, ask you the right questions and get you to do the work. Absolutely. They're just guiding you and all of that. And I'm obsessed with coaching. Yeah, now. I know. I, I, I agree. That. I think it's, I think it's, oh, well, I, I agree because it's, it's also part of what I do, what I offer. But the reason is because you can't see what you can't see. And sometimes you just need that unbiased opinion to just Correct. come in and just say, hey, have you thought about this? And it's almost like the amount of times you, I, I get like an embarrassed face on the other side of the screen. Mm. They're like, why didn't I think? I'm like, no, 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 this isn't a you thing. This is a, you're working, you're, you've got so much going on. Sometimes you just need someone to just go, what about that? And you're like, oh, okay. Fair enough. Just to, you know, finish it off, um, one final question that we have for you, and this yeah. is one that we love to ask everybody, is if you had a piece of advice for 18-year-old Amanda who's, you know, fresh out of high school, she's just come out and you could just tell her one piece of advice, what would it be? Oh, hard to pick one. But I think the thing that you can't see when you're fresh out of school is how you go from that to looking at someone who's 45 or 40 and they've got a house, they've got a career, they've got children, they've got everything or within the career I found it when I was that young really difficult to see how this was going to turn out or how this was even going to happen and have that sort of forward thinking part of it that, you know, it won't happen overnight but it will happen. Yeah. And I guess what I want to say to people is you and your cohort, the people around you that you're friends with now, that you're working, um, are going to be the leaders of the future. It is going to have time is going to pass and you are going to be at the top of your game. You just don't know it. That's beautiful. That's, That's beautiful. really, I got goosebumps with that. It's beautiful because <laughs> what you said is so true. You think back to how you were when you were 18 and you're like, wow, I want to be that person. And you've got so many aspirations and you're so big with motivation. But you're completely right. It's kind of like, how do I get there? And sometimes they're trying to run so fast to get there. And I think one of the takeaways from from your journey in particular was, you know, you 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 put in the time to really learn about yourself. You learnt about mm. what do you enjoy, what are you good at, totally. What parts mm. of leadership do you like? What mm. parts of the business? Mm, what part of true. art do you like? And mm. you were able to create a incredible business that I'm sure you're so proud of. That, but now mm. and the the team and everything that you've built. But that's based on you trusting the process and, and and trusting yourself, which I think is really important. Yeah, and just giving time. It's so I mean, we have to work to a seventy now, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, man, <laughs> that is a long time. And I'm sort of, you know, getting to up there, but it's like 
man, it, careers are really long. Mm. Yeah. So just take your time. It's all fine. Yeah, take your time. I promise. <laughs> I promise you. That is you. a good takeaway. Take your time. Yeah. Like, all right, it'll work out. Slow is the new quick. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. We're going to be T-shirts with that on it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, thank you so much for your time today. I've absolutely, absolutely loved this conversation. And I feel like we've even gotten so much out absolutely. of it. You know, we always strive to learn and it's just Great to hear about your experience and your incredible career. So we'll definitely be linking all of your fantastic work that you've done, your experience in our show notes. But guys, thank you so much for, for listening and we'll be in your ears again next week. See you then. See you soon. Bye. Bye.